Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Good morning. That was his fault. <laughs> I just want to say what a privilege and a blessing it is to be here this morning. To be in God's house. Isn't he good to provide us this place to come and worship and to gather together and to hear God's truth and his love? It's, I'm so happy to be here. This morning I want to share some thoughts with you about the sanctity of life. It's an annual observance that allows us as the church and the nation to honor life as a gift from God. And I got to tell you, every one of us in this room can be thankful that someone said yes to us being born. In June of last year, the Supreme Court mentioned, or the Supreme, Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, which has been the law of the land for over 50 years. The reason the Supreme Court was able to rule on it was that pro-life organizations worked tirelessly to present it to them. And they were successful because folks like you and me came alongside them and supported their efforts to give the unborn a chance. The law didn't make abortion illegal. It merely sent the decision back to the individual states. Some states have placed restrictions on the procedure. Some have prohibited, and some have opened the door wide to abortion in all stages. They've even gone so far as to make their states a sanctuary state so that others can come into their state and receive abortion with freedom and, you know, without any hindrance. Virginia has remained as they were prior to the change. Our state allows for unrestricted abortion through the second trimester and into the third trimester unless there is a risk of death or permanent impairment to the mental health of the mother. We now have a pro-life governor. His name is Governor Yunkin, as most of you know, and he's working He's working hard with the legislative body to make some changes to that. So let's pray for him in that. The sad narrative of our culture redefines the unborn child as an inconvenience to be eliminated under any and all circumstances. But according to the Bible, each precious child that is conceived has the stamp of the image of God upon them. I heard a pastor speaking on this topic last Sunday, and some of the things he said really moved me. He said, we need to change the way that we talk about babies. They are a soul from conception. The baby isn't on the way. It has arrived. The woman is already a mom, not expected to be one. Today's science and technology can see into the womb, and this baby is very much a human being with a complete genetic coding, with a soul and a destiny. I've heard some voice their concern about how we as a society will pay for all the babies that are born to those who are unable or unwilling to care for them. And this is where God's people come in. The Lord Jesus has commissioned us to care for those who need support and resources in their trials and sufferings. You know, since the beginning of the early church, they were called followers of the way, the Christians. And they used to go out into the streets of Rome and rescue the abandoned babies on the side of the road and raise them as their own. I don't think we need to change the way God called us to do things at this point, do we? 
Philippians 2, 3 to 4 says to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, consider others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not look to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Pro-life centers and recovery ministries are here to aid the church in helping women and men to make the life-affirming choices. That is why I am such a huge supporter of them. They can't do it alone, though. They need us, Christ followers, to aid and support where we can. So here are some suggestions. Financial support for those who are able, volunteering and or providing supplies such as diapers, clothing, formula bedding to the local pregnancy care centers, coming alongside those who God has placed in your path that you have, that have found themselves in a crisis situation with no net under them and no support. You know, I found myself in that situation many, many years ago And I'm so thankful for those organizations that came alongside me and helped me to heal from my brokenness. And ministering to the men and women who have gone through the trauma and are broken and suffering from shame and hopelessness, there are a lot more of them out there than you imagine. And most importantly, we are called to pray. God moves in our prayers as we seek him according to his will Pray for those hurting souls in crisis and for those that are here to assist them for the sake of the gospel. I encourage you to pray and ask the Lord how he would have you serve in this area. And we may, we may, may we all live with intentionality to love those who God puts in our, our lives that need our support. Here are a few websites that are doing a variety of ministries to help men and women in their crisis. And these resources are available to us as well. There is My Ashes to Beauty, which is a national organization aiding in abortion and abuse recovery. I've been involved in this ministry for many, many years, and God has done miraculous things in it. Healing of women and bringing women into a training, a place of training where they can help others. There's the Tri-Area Pregnancy Center, which is in Galax, that supports pregnant moms and dads. The Legacy Center in Mount Airy, it's also supporting pregnant moms and dads. And the CareNet Center, which is a national organization that also provides multiple resources throughout the process, including equipping the church to minister to others through training. And the last one, but certainly not the least, is Adoptions with Love. It's a national organization for Christ-centered adoptions. I encourage you to just... Take a picture of that screen and pray on it. Think about it. Go to those websites and see what they're doing. Maybe God will move you in a certain direction. Thank you. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning and we give you thanks. We give you glory. We give you honor. All that is due to you. Lord, thank you for this time that we have together today. Thank you for Billy that's going to come and bring the word of God to us. May our hearts and our minds and our, our lives be open to all that you have to teach us. In Jesus' precious and mighty and holy name, amen. Thank you, Lucy. Sometimes um, folks get the idea that, that on this particular issue of life, that um, Jesus' people are, are simply pro-birth. It's like, hey, we want these kids to be born. 
But that's not really the whole story. We're meant to be truly pro-life, to help help these kids and these moms and these dads after. So I want you to give a big warm welcome to my dear friend, the one and only Billy Honeycutt, who's bringing the Word of God to us this morning. I'm so thankful. We had all this set up for Billy and John uh, last week because I had my had some dental surgery and I was going to be sore mouthed, but uh, they had some so so good stuff set up that I wanted them to do it this week. So I am very thankful for my brother here. You give him your full attention, and the Lord will speak to you through him. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. <laughs> now we got some volume. Woo! <laughs> He's my amen section. Yeah. I don't get to jank on my ear for no reason. It's purpose-driven. So, <laughs> anyway, got a little puff in there. Let me get... How about there? Okay. The message today is about seeking Jesus. Well, I really got to thinking about how that should look. And so, I'm reminded... You got to understand, I watch way too much TV. So, um... I'm thinking about the old days in California, the California Gold Rush. Remember, have y'all ever saw any of those movies where nothing good ever comes from that? Because everybody, they're seeking gold wholeheartedly. (laughs) They're focused. They will, if they can't find it in the stream, if they can't find it in the ground they will take it from somebody else because they are seeking gold wholeheartedly. (laughs) They're seeking because of the value of gold and the fact that all they have to do is dig a little bit or take or pan a little bit. And all of a sudden, the gold is there, it appears. Well, Jesus... The relationship with Jesus, if you compare it to gold and silver, it has much more value. And so, who who even thinks of it that way? Do I think of it that way? Probably not all the time, you know. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's uh, the first verse there from Matthew and okay I got a lot of dots on my paper right now it's the blue I guess it's the blue okay yes 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 (laughs) I, I couldn't see the words I could see a bunch of dots they were blue dots all over my page it was like it was all wrinkled up and I said did I it was. I don't have no. It's it's funny because John was talking about having some mental issues, and I thought, Lord, we're all a little crazy. Uh, and so, Lucy, you're in the group, <laughs> and um, you are you're you're special. <laughs> but um, it says in uh, Matthew, and this was. Chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you as well. Therefore, 
Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And and so all of a sudden we see that word seek. That verse right there is what's going to bathe or blanket kind of over the rest of the message today. The word seek and the word Jesus is what the message is really all about. Now, how does that look for me and you? Well, I don't know. Everyday life, seeking Jesus, what, what is that? Uh, I don't know. I, I think in our lesson, maybe we'll find out about what that means in everyday life, in, in, in two people's lives. Because they're seeking Jesus with all that they have and all that they are. And that's coming from Mark chapter 5, starting with verse 21. Before we get started on this, Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that all that you give to us, all that you teach us, all that you show us. Lord, may we have hearts that are softened to hear from you this day. Oh Lord, it's your word is the most important thing that we can share today. Your love, understanding who you are and what you want from us. And I pray that you would anoint this word and, and, and just get all over it. And help me not to get in the way of what you have to say to each one of us this day. I thank you for Michael and, and the pastor of him as he's the pastor of this church. But I also thank you for having an opportunity now to share with these folks and maybe even preach a little bit. But it has to be anointed by you. Be with us. God, direct my words. I ask and I pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Seeking Jesus. We're going to hear about two, two people that were truly... Seeking Jesus in a way that might be a little bit different. But maybe we should seek Jesus in this same way. Maybe these should be an example of how we seek Jesus in faith. See, seeking Jesus, there's other words that are thrown into the mix when you start throwing a word like seek. Because now all of a sudden, when you seek, that means you're going to have to submit, that you're going to have to surrender, that you're going to have to follow, that you're going to have to do all those things. Because that's part of seeking after Jesus. You're going to have to surrender everything. So, as we start, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Now, you've got to understand, Jesus is going back and forth across his lake quite a bit. And, uh, you know, 
But when you look at Jesus in his travels, sometimes we think Jesus is running away from something that's going on. He's leaving because the pressure gets a little bit heavy. Jesus doesn't run away. He runs too. He ran to the other side of the lake. He, he rode across the lake. Whatever he does, he does it to go to the next step. Because his eyes are open to what God is doing around him. He is seeking the guidance and direction of a mighty God. He goes to, not runs from. May that be an example to us. Quit running away. Seek. You can't seek something by running away. That's for sure. There's nothing that can be sought by running backwards or running away. Except when you're running from the bear. We heard about the bear last time I was up here. The preacher ran from the bear, but he didn't get away. But If he should have stood still, maybe it would have been better. I don't know. He still ended up in the bear's arms. But... Here we go. Jesus came across the lake. And it said, and then he got out of the boat. Then one, oh, and then people, a large crowd, it said they gathered around him. I think they'd sent somebody ahead. Jesus is coming, and everybody better come. And but so everybody's meeting him there. And it was, it was not a little crowd. It was a big crowd. It was big enough to crowd in on, on Jesus. And and all of a sudden, in the midst of all these people, then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus. Now, I don't know if I said that right, but it's okay. Now that I realize we have a teacher in the midst, and I'm sure there's more than one, that uh, you go home and say, that ah, Billy, he can't read. <laughs> you might be right. Anyway, he came there seeing Jesus. He fell at his feet. And pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Huh. So all of a sudden now we have... We have a man. A ruler in the synagogue. Let me just tell you. A ruler in a synagogue does not run up to Jesus and fall at his feet. It cost him a lot. See, that wasn't done because the people in the synagogue didn't like Jesus. They were always trying to trip him up. So here you got a man who is a ruler, who is in charge, and what does he do? He falls down before Jesus. I don't know if that was on his knees. I don't know if it was on his face. But he cries out to Jesus, help. He sought after Jesus in a way that men should seek after Jesus. He knew that he had a problem. He sought an answer to his problem. He went to Jesus. He knew where to go, no matter what it cost, no matter what it meant for him to fall down on his face in a big crowd. He was seen. There was nobody that didn't see this man fall down before Jesus. And he's crying out to Jesus, I just need you to lay your hands on my daughter. She's dying. All I need, 
I know that you can do this. Just lay your hands on my daughter. He was willing to do whatever it took because he sought after Jesus wholeheartedly because his need was great. Ah. So Jesus said, okay, <laughs> let's go. Giddy up. See, as, as, they, as they went along, it said a large crowd followed and pressed around him. Now, let me just tell you, we were up here a while ago and Lucy was talking. There's four or five people right here. And the circle got, we got started pressing in on each other. I had to get out. <laughs> it's just too much for me. But um, it wasn't your fault, Lucy. It was, uh, I was in the middle of it. Uh, it, was my, it, was, it probably was Michael's fault. But, uh, but I had to step out of the circle. Next thing I know, Lucy's stepping out of the circle too. But anyway, it's because it's pressing in is not always comfortable to me. I, I like a little room. I get up here in front of everybody. I got room. <laughs> so uh, here we go. People are pressing in. And all of a sudden, oh, and a woman was there. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Now, I'm not even going to... Whatever bleeding it was, she was not supposed to be in public. In fact, it was against the law for her to be in public. In fact, she was not ever supposed to touch anybody. In fact, she was one that was pushed out, away. Let me see what happens here. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. All she had was spent. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. In different books of the Bible say we touched the hem of his garment. She just touched him. But she sought him. She sought him with all her heart and believed. She sought him. And I'm talking about when they, he, if she touched the hem of his garment, there's a really good chance that she had to reach through the crowd down low and touch the garment. Whatever it took, whatever it took, she knew all she had to do was touch the hem of his garment. <laughs> Whoa, that came back on me hard. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. That is right. Because when you seek Jesus with all of your heart, He heals you and He gives you freedom. Because she sought Him in a different way. She sought Him in a different way. 
she is willing to do whatever it took just to touch his garment. Because she believed if she did that, she would be healed. She believed. She sought after Jesus. And yes, and immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him and he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? Who touched them? <laughs> it was probably like that. He wheeled around. Who touched me? <laughs> and, 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 he, and he had to look for her because she was so deep in the crowd it didn't matter. She was not there to be seen. She was there to touch a garment. Just to be get a touch of Jesus. It's really funny that you know he felt the power come out of him. The power of Jesus. See, we don't we don't we don't dare touch those words like that. Power. Do you know you can still touch Jesus and He still empowers you? The power still leaves and comes to you. God empowers you through the blood of Jesus Christ and He gives you freedom and He gives you healing and He does things that you can't even imagine. Huh, but you got to seek Him. Seek Him. He can still do it for us. Okay. You see people crowding. Oh, wait a minute. You know, he said, who touched my clothes? And then his disciples, you see the people crowding against you? His disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? <laughs> it's kind of making fun. It's a joke now. Oh, <laughs> there was no joke here. There was no joke. There was two people that it wasn't a joke to. The woman and Jesus. Both of them took it very seriously. In fact, we're about to see how seriously. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. When the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, trembling with fear, because she gave all that she had. She had no more. And she touched the Jesus and got the power. And her body was healed. In fear, and told him the whole truth. <sighs> Dealing with Jesus, you don't want to be a liar. He just wants the truth. Because Jesus is the truth. The way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. The truth. He said to her daughter, Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And be freed from your suffering. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. The woman in need. The woman in fear. The woman that had, had lived in shame and given everything that she had to be healed all of a sudden by the touch of his gar garment and the words of his mouth. She was completely healed. There was no fear anymore. Because Jesus brought peace into her life. 
He brought peace into her life. And you're freed from your suffering. Ah. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter's dead. <laughs> Goodness gracious, could you imagine them coming up like that? Your daughter's dead. Huh. No use in you. Uh, don't. Uh, why bother the teacher anymore? You know, your daughter's dead. And, and I'm thinking, that's an awful rough way to tell somebody that their daughter has died. Because, see, they didn't understand the seriousness of what was really going on. Because we had a man that was seeking Jesus. Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, Don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid. Oh, here's the second time right in a row. Now, this is one big event. This is on the walk to the, his house. The woman's been healed. And Jesus came for this purpose, to meet the needs of these people who needed him more than anything else. They sought after him. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother, brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. I know they used to do that. They used to pay people, the professionals, to come in and wail for people when they died. But here you got somebody that's just uh, wailing. And, and I'm sure that they were doing it with great sincerity. You can tell that they were doing it with great sincerity in this next line here. Uh, the crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why is this commotion? What, why all this wailing? Commotion? Wailing? Why? <laughs> the child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. What? They went from wailing and yelling and commotion and now they're just laughing. Laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. No, they were doing their job. Now... He said, they think everything's funny. Everything's funny now. No, this man has just lost a daughter. He's a little more serious than these people. Even in their wailing, it was not even, there was no truth there. It was not like the woman that was just healed where he came to, told Jesus the truth, where she told Jesus the truth. All of a sudden, they're, they're laughing at him. Just think this is such a, so, it's, it's what people are, doggone it. People are, we're still like that, doggone it. We do things that make it look right. Maybe it sounds right or something, I don't know. But then it's just not serious. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, and, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. noom, or gnome. Comb? Okay. It means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up walked around 
She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. <laughs> Let's feed this girl. Who knows how long she's been sick, but she just needs a little food. Let me just tell you, there was a dad in that room who had sought after Jesus and saw that it only took a touch. Grabbed the hand and the girl got up. A little girl was empowered to get up. The power came out of Jesus to raise her up because I think she was dead. And, I, and so when you think about that, all it took is a touch. And it only came, it all was a touch from Jesus, but it was as a result of a father who sought after Jesus with all that he was, all that he had, taking, risking everything to get a result that he got. It was his faith. His faith. Oh, my Seeking after Jesus, what's that really all about? Maybe it's a lot more than what we think. Maybe it's a lot more than what we can even imagine. Because we're so used to doing everything and trying to and, and think that we are good enough to win and to have anything that we want. If we work just a little harder, folks, we can have anything we want. But you can't have what Jesus has without seeking Him, believing in Him, having faith in Him. You cannot have it. And folks, that's the person that we are called to be. You, me, us. When I prayed a while ago, I want God to speak to all of us. Not you, not me, all of us. Because we need to hear this message about seeking God more than anything else. Living a life that shows that we are seeking Jesus. Be willing to bow down before the crowd no matter what it costs us. And stand up and be a child of the King. Because it's precious. More precious than silver or gold. David and I have been ever since I delivered that message about more and more, and we we that that verse has ruined us because we it's on our minds all the time. And we're always thinking, well, we what does God want from us? A little more, more and more. It's not like we're here; we've not arrived. It's more and more. If we seek after Jesus now, well, we're going to need to do it more and more. Seeking after Jesus. Second Chronicles verse seven. I mean chapter seven, verse fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. 
humble themselves, seek the face of Jesus. Seek Him more and more. Hmm. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 through 14. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. What does back from captivity mean? Freedom. 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 Back from captivity. Freedom. Why? It's about seeking God. With all your heart. He's got a good plan. He's got a good plan for your life. He wants what's best for you. He, he, he made you in your mother's womb. He created you for His glory. For His purpose. So if we seek after Him, it can only be good. Because He's going to give to you. What does it look in a Christian's life? What does it mean in in anybody's life? What does it mean to everybody in here? First, you come to Jesus Christ because you might be like me. There was a time in my life when I when I could I was I wanted to kill myself. I didn't want to live on this earth anymore. My whole life was in shambles because I had satisfied a lot. I'd given it all to something that meant nothing. I needed Jesus. And when I came to Jesus, let me just tell you, I did become a new creature. All things passed away. All things became new. Jesus was who He said He was. He changed my life because I sought after Him because I was out of answers. There's never been a time in my life where I regretted that moment when I sought after Jesus and asked Jesus to come into my life and be not just come into my life, but be Lord. And now I continue to seek after Him more and more. Do I fall short? Yes, I do. Do I embarrass my wife? Yes, I do. But let me just tell you, I love Jesus. And if you don't see anything else up here in front of you today, I want you to see a man that loves Jesus and a man that Jesus loves. Because I was a sorry sight, but I sought after Jesus. It just takes a touch. It just takes a touch. I was really contemplating on this. And maybe I'll just... Uh, 
I think we're going to do it. Anyway, I want to kind of finish up with this. With a verse from Philippians. Chapter 4. Excuse me, chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Jesus for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Oh yeah, thank you. Thank you. Huh. Seeking Jesus. I know that's what I should always do. I should seek Jesus above all things. And I'm nothing. Even today, I'm nothing but a messenger. Because my words, without the empowerment of Jesus Christ, are just a sounding noise, a brass, a cymbal. Tell you a little story. Comparisons, little story, big story. But I'm going to kind of end it like this. Because now I'm going to challenge you. And I hope this rips and tugs at your heart enough to where you're willing to do something. Three names. You will not know these names. If you do, then maybe I shouldn't mention them, but I'm going to give you the whole names that I know. Allison Hunt. Lisa Chisholm. John Michael Craver. Three names. The reason I know Allison Hunt Because we had been gone from our church for a period of time and we had came back. When we came back, a name came to the forefront. Allison Hunt. We're praying for Allison. We're praying for Allison. She's got cystic fibrosis. She needs a lung transplant. I didn't even know there was such a thing and it's a big deal. She's been deaf. She's not ran around. She can't go out to McDonald's. She can't do any of those things because she can barely breathe. So she stayed at home a lot, but she started coming to church, started coming to their youth group. Well, she was hearing about Jesus, and now she was getting excited. Now she was seeking after Jesus Christ. Let me just tell you, the watch, she had a... She did receive a lung transplant. And, and the church started, bought all these gift certificates to every fast food joint in the world <laughs> and, and, and just threw everything. So her life at that moment, and I remember her running down the hallway at church, and it was a blessing. You know, we like to say, don't run in the no, you run. Run faster. <laughs> God bless her. Stop. Lisa Chisholm, high school cheerleader. Very popular. Very liked. 
Woke up one morning and was all excited. Because <laughs> she had a plan. There's a party that night. How am I going to deceive my mom? Tell her the cheerleaders are getting together. We're going to spend the night together. Have like a sleepover type thing. So, the day went just as planned. She was excited. She actually went to this party with a couple of her friends, guys, and I think, were they drugged up pretty good? Drinking heavily. And so, they get to go to the party. Stop. John Michael Craver. His cousin, his dear cousin, who was a little bit younger than him, had been dating, had been dating Lisa Chisholm. And she was breaking up with him. John Michael was mad. Because, see, he was a little bit of a hot hand. I, I, know, I knew his father. <laughs> they were a rambunctious bunch of folks. And so, he's going to the party. He's happy. Going to have fun. Drink a little bit. Have a good time. Stop. Three people. Three people. Now first, Allison Hunt, she lived for a short period of time. And she died. But she loved Jesus more than anything else. See, dying was not that bad. Because she's going to go be with Jesus. Lisa Chisholm pulls up to the party in a car. She's announced John Michael. John Michael goes out there, picks up one of the yard bricks as profanity pours out of his mouth and he's talking as though he's going to kill somebody, he takes it and throws this block through the window. Lisa turns. Oh, it hit her in the kidney. The boys were drinking so they couldn't go to the hospital right away. She was getting worse and worse. When she got to the hospital, she died. See, it had severed her liver. And she died. Hmm. Good plan. Didn't turn out the way she thought it would. John Michael went to jail. A young man, I, I think he was... 19 or something like that, he goes to jail for murder. 
oh, that day did not turn out the way he thought it would either. He's probably still in jail right now with murder. For murder. Nobody's day necessarily turned out the way it should have or they thought it should have. It was They had good plans, fun. Their lives changed in instances. Allison Hunt went to be with Jesus. Lisa Chisholm, I don't know. John Michael went to spend time with somebody that called him Lisa. He went to jail. What I'm saying, you are not promised tomorrow. Today is the day. Today is the day when we make decisions. Today is the day we make decisions to follow Jesus. Today is the day when we seek after Jesus and God with all of our hearts because we're not promised tomorrow. We can be like these other people and put it off and put it off and put it off. Well, maybe it just won't happen for you because you put it off. We read about people who sought after Jesus. And I'm not threatening you or anything else here. But I'm talking from the depths of my heart. I want to see every one of you folks that's in this room in heaven. Because you sought after Jesus with all of your heart. Tomorrow is not the day. Today is the time. It is the time to make a difference in your life because you sought after Jesus and maybe it's the first time in your whole life that somebody said that you need Jesus Christ in your life. I'm saying it today. You need Jesus Christ in your life. I needed Jesus Christ in my life. These people who were touched by Jesus needed Jesus more than anything else and they were willing to give everything. I think it's time that we need to be rescued once again. I think today is the day that we need to put Jesus first because a touch from Jesus will change your life. And a touch from Jesus should be what we all want more than anything else. To be empowered by the one who loves me more than anybody on this earth can love me. It's time today. I don't know what to do with this. I'm going to pray. Michael, you can finish up or, or not. Today's the day. Dear Heavenly Father, I surrender all this back to you once again. Whatever's said, whatever's done, take your word, please, and just bury it in people's hearts that their lives might be changed, that they might want to seek after you more than anything else. 
because we're your creation. You have a good plan for us. You want what's best for us. You want to rescue us. I pray that we might not put it off any longer. Because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And we don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. Thank you for your goodness and mercy, but meet us now. May we not walk out of this building without making a decision to follow you wholeheartedly. If we try to leave this building without doing that, I pray that you would hold us back. Lord, there are people here that want to receive Christ. It is a matter of understanding that you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus Christ came to die on a cross that our sins might be laid upon Him. The Son of God And as a result of that, that he might take our sins, forgive them, and put them as far as the east is from the west from us. Oh, Lord, that's what I want for everyone here to have done that. Lord, for those who have just been kind of floating around, you know, just happy. Happy with the way things are going. Complain about the weather and everything else. Maybe it's time that we seek after Jesus with all of our hearts. That we press in. We press in hard to receive the prize of knowing Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that as we believe that Jesus died died on the cross for us, that he took away my sin. Lord, may I admit that I've sinned and fallen short of your glory. And that I want you more than anything else. At all cost, I want you more than anything else. I want to follow you. I want to believe in you. I want to believe you in you as, as God and Savior and friend. Come upon this place right now, Lord. May we receive what you have for us this day. This day. I ask and I pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Folks, if you're struggling, if you're dealing with any of this stuff, you need somebody to talk to, I'm sure Michael's going to be up here. I'm glad to talk to you the best I can. I'll pray with you or whatever you need. Don't leave today without trying to grab hold of what God has for you. 
Just touch his garment one more time. Be empowered. I'm done. And thank you. Thank you, Billy. Thank you so much. Praise God for Jesus, who we can reach out and touch, and Jesus who reaches out and touches us. Praise God. And Billy's right. Hey, it's, he and I will talk to you. There's a lot of people in here who love Jesus, who are grounded in their faith, and would love to talk to you about anything you're dealing with. Um, let's give us some more gratitude again to Billy, to John. Thank you, guys. Lord willing, we will be back in Mark chapter 6 next week. So that's your homework. Go read Mark chapter 6 and be ready. And I cannot wait to get back up here and share the word of God with you. God bless you all. And uh, you are dismissed.